At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. All right, it's Sincerely Unqualified. I'm Kevin. That's Winnie. And today we're going to talk about Coming to America. We watched both Coming to America and Coming to America, the sequel. And uh, we definitely did. We for sure did. We watched both of them. What we're going to do for this episode is we're going to do a, a proper breakdown of the original. We're going to give you our non-spoiler overview, our takes on you know how it was, in exclusive exclusives and our favorites and then for coming to america the sequel we're just basically going to talk about what we liked and didn't like it's going to be yeah. pretty loose um, we'll do a run through there's going to be more that we didn't like i would assume um don't jump the gun there kev <laughs> uh, you don't know there were good parts, of it. There, were good parts yeah. of it there were good parts of it i will say there definitely were that like it's not like they just threw like paper in the trash bin and said it's our script like there was some structure there and there There were were definitely definitely funny parts for sure but when you have the background of coming to america which is a comedy staple it is one of the movies that people look to and go that's where like comedy movies draw from that's what we can look to and say that's an and like yeah it's one of the early classics it. it's one yeah, of the early exactly. classics for sure and it's another example of uh someone stepping off snl i mean it wasn't the first one after the snl career but eddie murphy himself is this kind of legend he's this force kind in the of. comedy world you know what i mean like he, yeah. he's he is something he is in himself not, he's not just an snl person going yeah. forward he is eddie murphy and well, that's it's crazy. We know him as Eddie Murphy now because we're like, when we were born, he was Eddie Murphy already. Right. Yeah. Yep. This is like hot off SNL, like you were saying, and he's becoming Eddie Murphy. And this is the step that was needed for him to be like post SNL guy. It's like the Sandler step that we talked about a few weeks ago. Like when he made Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. That was the step for him. Yep. And I think this movie was the step. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we've been talking about it. Let's just get right into the original one, the the original Coming to America. So, it got very okay critic uh, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes in terms of comedies. We got a 71 on the audience side. We have an 85. We always like to see that. We like to see movies that have a higher audience score than a critic <laughs> because these are comedies. You're supposed to uh, supposed to get into it. The, exactly. The director is John Landis. He was the uh, director of Trading Places. So they kind of linked forces again and they were back for, for this movie. And... Winnie, let's just give a general overview of how much you liked it. What did this, what do you, how do we think this was? So for coming to America, I absolutely love this movie. Yep. Coming into it, like there's no better way. And it's not like it dates itself. It's 1988, but it doesn't feel like you're watching a movie 
from 1988. Like it feels like you're just watching a comedy that could be, I mean, could be from a few years ago. Now, are there some things that obviously date it? Don't want to get into that. But the comedy holds up and everything I loved about it just stayed the same. They go super far with everything. I mean, I think all of the jokes are honed in and everything really hits. I mean, there's nothing really you can say about this movie that's bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think that especially with this movie is that it's I like the story of it. I like that the the story arc that it follows. I think it's super original and Mm -hmm. I think it or it, at its essence, it's technically a rom-com. So I think that when you add all this different storyline and uh, you have everything about him being a prince from Zamunda that doesn't want to be shown as one, I think that you definitely get an interesting and just extremely unique and original idea that just gets it comes to fruition throughout. Yeah, and that's where it all... I feel like a classic is made based on... You have these concepts... And you take it a step further by making it your own. And you really just take that concept and run with it. And this movie, I mean, at the time and now, when we're seeing all of these new comedies and everything, and it's it's not to say that everyone follows a format, but there's obviously a format that works. And this was super original out of the gate. And for it to have the, you know lasting and staying power that it does is just a testament to that yeah yeah no i i absolutely agree so obviously it's a it's a big eddie murphy movie but also arsenio hall was a huge part of this and they both had uh their their multi-characters so you have eddie murphy playing akeem the prince randy watson clarence and saul you have Arsenio Hall playing semi-Reverend Brown, Morris, and extremely ugly girl. Break that down in the spoiler <laughs> section. Um, Sherry Headley is Lisa. He's she is Eddie Murphy's love interest. John Amos Amos is uh, Cleo, who's Cleo McDowell, uh, Lisa's father. And then mm-hmm. you have our man James Earl Jones playing King Joffy Jafour. And Madison Clare plays Queen Aeolian. And um, yeah, James Earl Jones, by the way. I they mean, he, he is a king. It, it, when, when you play yeah. a king so many times, and we're talking even like Simba. We're talking... Simba? Did I get that no, right? No. Which one? No, Which one? I'm going to let you figure this out. Nah. All right, so he plays a king and everything. <laughs> we're even talking Darth Vader. It's fine. Darth Vader, call him a king, whatever. Power position. It's kind of like in uh, when when British people get knighted. So like when you have Magneto and Judy Dench getting yeah. titles thrown onto him, we got to <laughs> give James Earl Jones a he's a king. Like a does king work? Just king? He's an honorary king. Yeah, yeah, that works because look, when you played so many kings, and I mean even Darth Vader, like king Call me in king. his own right, yeah, whatever. He's a king. He's a king. Sith Lord, king, Lord, king. Look, he already played a lord in one respect. So why not just give give him the title? (laughs) Do it. Just give him the title. I think he's earned it. I think that, you know, the guy has had a career longer than most. If we're going to give it to a few people, and if we're going by this standard, I think James Earl Jones is king, and Morgan Freeman is just... 
I mean, sentient, he's obviously God. Sentient yeah. being. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say God because then, you know, maybe. But. He plays just, God in a lot of movies. Uh, it's it's easy to put a being. word to it. Morgan, Morgan Freeman is Are we the getting into spirituality? Being. Like, well, I don't really like <laughs> just, putting a label on it. I, I like well, thinking no, about I don't want, power. I don't want there to be something where it's like, he said Morgan Freeman's God. God does. No, it's, <laughs> it's not just, real. No, yeah, God's okay, somebody plays, else. He plays a higher power. Yeah, exactly. Oh, th- that's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you. And then, but meanwhile, I think- Judy Dench is just playing alongside James Corden, James Corden as Snuffleupagus or whatever in the, cuts. in the premier Broadway show Cuts. And then she gets a Dame. Ju- no, I'm just kidding. I'm sure Judy Dench is a great person. <laughs> they're gonna look back on the nobility of England in a few years, in like 30 years, and just like, who was our, who was noble in our time? Oh, it was. A man who dressed up as a cat, and a woman who also dressed up as a cat. And they sang, <laughs> and it was merry. Was it a Sorry, good England. film? <laughs> no. <laughs> we pretend like it doesn't exist. <laughs> but we've all agreed to forget. Yeah, James James Earl Jones. It does not get more believable than being a king. Than, yeah. than that guy and he's got the presence to be a like in this movie alone i think he showed like if he was a king you could have pulled him out of the throne and said just do your thing come play that part in this movie and it would have been the same thing like, you think he would have done it if he was a real king yeah probably for shits and games. Why, why not right dude yeah. It, yeah if you're a king why not just be in movies why don't we yeah. have like kings that would be the best cameo. Dude, you show up for like How an many? hour and you just get filmed. Oh, oh, even as like an extra, you walk by and people are like in whatever How uh, many country that king is. Yeah, what? but how many kings are there now? How many kings are there? Like five. seven? Five. Yeah, let's yeah, go. Five. It's, like, it's like blimps in the world. There's a lot good fewer year. kings you, you than just you have, think. You have a branded Goodyear king and that's it. Exactly. But, <laughs> but, but okay, the cast in this movie, let's just say. Yeah, insane. really back in. Like insanely good mm-hmm. for everything that they were doing for you know a rom-com when we see a rom-com with like if we were to look nowadays and see this kind of stacked cast in a rom-com we'd be like holy shit this is gonna be amazing we'd be like holy shit this is forgetting sarah marshall exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this but, is an absolute stacked cast and i think it's because we were talking about you just have all those layers on it's not it's not a, yeah. a proper rom-com but if we're gonna kind of group it in with with yeah. how the storyline actually progresses it probably mimics that so speaking of that storyline we have go the, into it yeah we'll we'll give you the the rundown on rotten tomatoes as they say it so prince akeem is the prince of a wealthy african country and wants for nothing except a wife who will love him in spite of his title to escape an arranged marriage akeem flees to america accompanied by his persnickety sidekick semi I don't know what persnickety is apparently a word to find his quick. Rotten Tomatoes has got to update their uh, their descriptions. (laughs) He's persnickety, see? He's he's a sidekick. Hi, (laughs) man. This persnickety fella, he goes to find his queen. Wow. I'm He's sorry, Mr. America with his, with his persnickety yeah. sidekick. So, so whatever persnickety means, uh, yeah, his sidekick is Semi, and he yep. tries to find his queen. So he disguise, they disguise themselves as foreign students working in fast food. He romances or courts Lisa, but mm-hmm. struggles with revealing his true identity to her and his marital intentions to his king father, James Earl Jones. 
that is the rundown of the yep. movie. What we we talked about how we got it. We talked about how much we like it. How original of an idea it is. We really enjoy this movie. It's it's super funny. Just a very enjoyable watch. I think it's one that you can. It's, it has a lot of rewatchability. Oh, for sure. I think that it's always fun because I mean this movie's been passed down. It's thirty three years old. Yeah. So. There's been different generations who have the opportunity to experience it. Obviously, there's the people who had it in theaters when it came out in 88. And then there's the people who grew up maybe like mid-90s who had the opportunity when they're kind of coming of age. They're like 13, 14, probably late 90s when we were born. And then we now had the opportunity to go through and watch this movie. So I'd say there's been three generations at least that have had the opportunity to come up and watch this movie. And I think for each of them, it's just held its held its place. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's how you know that you have a timeless movie on your hands. Like we always, yeah. I think I've I I must have mentioned it on the podcast before, but uh, when Judd and I think it was Steve Martin when they were talking about how they judge the success of their movies, they say ten years down the line. Like, will people mm-hmm. still enjoy this and talk about it ten years down the line? And when you talk about 33 years down the line and we're, yeah. we're doing a podcast about it, obviously mostly because the sequel, but we definitely would have got to coming to America. Oh, like for when sure. you talk about classics, when you talk about the true classics, this movie is absolutely up there. A very timeless, timeless idea and execution. If you don't mention it in the conversation with some of the greatest classic comedy movies of all time, then your conversation is null and void. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. I think that this brought us, Eddie Murphy was a star stand-up wise, SNL wise, but this brought him into the movie realm. And we're very happy about that because he brought us some other classics. Like, I mean, I spent my childhood watching Eddie Murphy movies Norbit throughout the whole thing. Norbit, I Nutty watched, Professor. Yeah. Nutty, <laughs> Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor. Yeah, Nutty but, Professor is an absolute yeah, that we liked the Nutty Professor a lot in my uh, my household. We loved the Nutty Professor. Like that movie was incredible. And I need to rewatch it actually because yeah, I haven't we should. seen it in a minute. But I'm to. down to just rewatch the Nutty Professor yeah. for sure. Yeah, we but, should but, talk but, Eddie Eddie Murphy movies at some point because yeah. Nutty Professor is fantastic. And then something I do think got overlooked, I think two years ago or so, Dolomite is my name. Dolomite? yeah that okay incredible so movie it had its its day i will say yeah but, but i don't think it had the i don't think power. it got picked up. no no i so i think it had i think the movie is incredible yeah i don't think that it got picked up and i don't think it got enough credit whether it was i don't know whether it was maybe impacted by covid it no. came out in 2019 so it might be like slightly covid but also it didn't get no, the attention no, 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 that no. it deserved it, it, at it all. wasn't it wasn't covid it wasn't around that time i think what it was actually was that it didn't get the respect it deserved because it was early on in the streaming i I, well i guess technically if you want to link it covid could have to do with this because i think now movies that go right to streaming are finally getting a little more credit yeah but that, that came out in that time where when it went directly to netflix or netflix made it it was just like oh it, it kind of seemed like a tv movie like you didn't take it seriously. Yeah. So well, that's even if it was fantastic, I don't think that people took it seriously. Now, if it came out thi- like this year, it people would have been freaking out about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how in such a short time we've seen movies that come out and they get released on streaming, people kind of discount them. 
where now it's like all of these big movies are going to get released on streaming and people can no longer take that for granted. Like yep. Netflix kind of paved the way in that respect where it's like, we're going to release feature films on this and we're barely going to tell anybody that it's coming and you're going to watch it. Yeah. Because what else are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. The, as something I will say with, with, big movies like big releases generally in terms if you're going to the movies an action movie you know a big blockbuster that should be a theater experience there is absolutely something that is great about watching a comedy in a theater because you get to share an experience with everyone laughing at the same jokes is there there's something that's very cathartic or something that's very uniting about that because you can have a whole lot of different groups of people especially like let's talk about eddie murphy movies when they're so important to Mm -hmm. to black culture and obviously we can't really speak on that but you know we, we we were talking about this you know even with book smart a lot of the times these movies are just human stories so you can yeah. have a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life laughing at the same time in one place. That's something that's awesome. So I I think that comedy is just the great connector. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like if you can find something funny with no matter who it is, it's yeah. going to make everything better. Yeah. No, I, you, yeah, honestly. My, my thing is, and I'm going to go off what you're saying, and then we're going to let's just jump into the yeah. movie. But yeah. my thing is like if you're in a theater and you're watching a drama, right? You can walk out of that movie and be no more connected to anybody in that theater than you were before. Yeah. You're walking out. You may be thinking about what happened in the movie, but there's no real connection to anybody else in the theater. It's really an internal thing. If you were in a theater with people and you're all dying laughing at the same thing and you're walking out, you're going to maybe like, if I'm walking out of a theater, people are like, more up. likely to start chatting yeah, up, having yeah. a good time. Like everybody's still off that high of yep. just dying yep. for an hour and a half. I mean, I think that there's such a difference between that and then seeing like a very serious movie. Yeah. And that's what's incredible about it. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Yep. Let's let's move on to that that spoiler run through. We'll walk through this movie now. Let's so do it. We have Eddie Murphy, who, you know, Akeem, he wakes up from this band playing the nice, just ever so smoothing <sighs> music. So basically, he has literally everything done for him down to a band waking him up, which is kind of funny now because like since I, yeah. what was it like 2008, everyone could set their own uh, song or <laughs> could set the yeah. song on their phone to wake them up with their alarm and you just end up hating that song for the rest do of your you life. Think, do you think he hated that band after a while where it's just like he, oh, I feel like people. he had to make them play a different song every day. It was like, really soothing, though. Well, that's the thing. I think it, it might have been Franklin's Tower. There is a Grateful Dead song mm. that I set oh, as my no. early one. I, whenever it comes on, I'm like, this is a good song, but I can't listen to it. Yeah. Mine was, uh, I think one of them was Chasing Cars, and I can't hear that song <laughs> yeah. now. It's such, it was such a good song, too, and I'm like, I'm going to love waking up to this because nobody realized the early alarm clocks. Like, it's like, hey, yeah, you never do. hate this. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna regret this and now in, in seventh grade everyone set their alarms yeah. to cyclone oh, and everyone hates did you it have, now did you have ringback tones did you ever have a ringback tone no but you did up until like last year last for year. god's yeah. sakes it's ridiculous every year. time i would call you in college i get a ringback tone mine was uh so but violin my, well okay because in seventh grade i got one and it was a millie so when people oh. would call me a millie would play and then <laughs> 
So for, sick. Okay, I thought it was really cool. I was very excited about it because the Carter 3 okay. had just dropped and I was just like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I would listen to it on my way to not play in any game that I ever played in because I was like five <laughs> foot zero. But I was Weezy like, hyping you up. You were just like, but yeah. yeah. And just sit on the no, bench. But when, but when the subscription for that, because you had to pay for it, when that went away, it turned into the violins and I couldn't turn it off for 10 <laughs> okay. years. You can turn it off. All right, so we have him waking up, and uh, you, you realize he's getting everything done for him, and then we get our Arsenio Hall character introduction from him training him. They're fighting with these sticks. They're get, doing really cool chore- choreography, um, this, this cool fighting martial arts kind of thing, and we get it revealed to us that he is to have an arranged marriage and that... Um, James Earl Jones, the king, is the one that really wants it to happen, but he's he's not so mm-hmm. sure. He being Akeem, by the way. Yeah, and um, it's like tradition, heavy tradition for them to not really know their wife beforehand. I mean, that's what happened to James Earl Jones. Yep. He met Akeem's mother um, like the day of, and it was like, oh, she's been training to be uh, my wife since that day, but turns out she's like the smartest one in the whole movie. Yeah. Oh, she's the best. She is yeah. absolutely the best. Yeah. Um, so so we have this ceremony when this, mm-hmm. this girl who has been trained to be Akeem's wife since the day she was born comes and they start doing this really cool dancing. I think it's probably like a nod to tribal dancing, just something very fun, something celebratory. Yeah. And there are Super a lot of drums. Yeah, yeah. Very traditional feeling. And then all of a sudden, our, our big boy, Paul Bates, just starts belting out some acapella on his own. Um, <laughs> talking about the queen. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like, it's it's unexpected because yeah. you think that it's supposed to be all traditional stuff because they have all this dancing and then Paul Bates just starts belting in his high-pitched voice. He's he's going off too. I forget what some of the lines were, but some of the things he was saying were just like... <laughs> It's so crazy in yeah. that song. Yeah, that I think it gets progressively realizing. crazier, and it's just like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I re- it's, um, he's singing. He's just singing a cappella, and nobody realizes. And it's completely free from infection to be used at uh, your discretion, yeah. waiting for your direction. <laughs> just super. Ah, it's just ridiculous. Um, so insane. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I do love the little thing, too. It kind of shows the family dynamic when they're eating breakfast the day or that day or the day before. Oh, yeah. They're, and the at table the is so long, table. long yeah. that they have radios at the other sides to talk to each yeah. other. And then um, Akeem comes down to the other side and he's like, I want to talk to you. And they're like, okay, sit down. And his dad, James Earl Jones, is like, when did you get a mustache? And yeah. his mom's like, it's been a year. <laughs> like, they haven't seen each other. Yeah. So far away. I thought that was a nice little. That was a throw-in. funny bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was a nice throw in, like him not realizing his mustache. But I also did like the radio bit. Like the- <laughs> I love the radio bit. It's just a I ridiculous was long table. Where, do you think that stemmed from here? Because I feel like that's been kind of played to in the future. Like a lot of uh, some movies kind of play to that, like the oh, long yeah. table. Yeah. I think that might. I don't want to put my foot in the ground here, but I think that might stem from this. Do it. Movie. Put your foot in the ground. I'm putting Stay my foot confident. in the ground. See it, it. Came from came from here. Yep. I like it. So they, they he's talking with this bride to be and he mm-hmm. starts making her bark like a dog and jump on one foot. 
and it's just like i don't want this at all this is kind of yeah. crazy uh it tells semi who's arsenio hall hey i'm gonna confide in you I, i'm going to america to try to find a bride who has no idea that i'm a prince who has no yeah. uh it, he doesn't want someone to marry him because of his status he wants someone to marry him because of love so they yeah. go over they're they're picking where to go and they say la or new york then they go new york where in new york queens because where obviously you find King a cultured queens. woman in new york <laughs> like, brooklyn that queens was the best. they're like where in new york do you find a cultured woman and so they go to queens and, yep and we'll just it's a little more run down than they probably would have expected, but Akeem is very happy about that. He's like, yeah, let's get as slummy as possible. Take me to just a sketchy place. And then when they get the place, he says, make it look as uh, poor as possible. I think he says poor yeah. is the word he uses. And so they get a murder victim room. <laughs> yeah, which Tapes is right off the bat. Literally. Yeah. And I <laughs> the toss in line when they walk right in the door, it goes... Shame what they did to that dog. And there's just the outline <laughs> of the dog on the floor. That I forget who the it. actor is that uh, yeah. is like the landlord, but he is also hilarious. He's in quite a few things. He's I awesome. Think. Yeah. Um, I also like how they get their uh, luggage stolen from them. That like the ridiculous amount of luggage that they bring. <laughs> this just it's when all on the taxi, and then they everyone show just knows it. The airport. Yeah. They show up to the airport and they're like, just act like normal Americans. And then they're walking with seven people yeah. behind them, just rolling their luggage. The royal luggage. Yeah. Where did those people go, by the way? Like the servants who are rolling the luggage and everything. Back to Zamunda. That's understandable. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to have a better answer for you. That's just what I assume. Yeah, I mean, that's cat. Maybe to the Waldorf Astoria. They, yeah, actually, it was the Waldorf Astoria. I do. I like that they they just highlight right away. Like, yeah, they're they're coming from. They're going right into it. They're just going right into the shit. Yep, deep, like, deep into the shit. And uh, they they also we we get our first scene with the barber shop right under yeah. where he's living. Who's? I mean, it's just Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, and then uh, one other person has like a, a small part, but it's mainly just Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so good in the barbershop too because at first you kind of don't realize that it's them. Yeah, which is incredible that they it's, had such good makeup. Yeah, that you really can't tell if it's them for sure. And you need like a few scenes with them to I be think, able to tell. I think you need to know, actually. Like, I think that. You think so? You, uh, I, I say that because I knew going into this, and because it's an Eddie Murphy movie, you know that it's yeah. going to be that, if, if that makes sense. Like, you know well, that like, we, he's going to be playing multiple parts. And I knew, even, I think before this, I watched the movie once and then probably bits and pieces. So I, I didn't yeah. have a bunch of rewatches under my belt. But I knew that the barbershop, like, I knew that they were the same people. Because yeah, they were so like, Clarence, Saul, and Morris. Like, we knew. We understand that Eddie Murphy loves playing different roles in his own movies. Yep. But at the time, I can see everybody looking like, who plays them? Like, oh, who yeah, is that? Yeah. Who is that? Yeah, yeah I wonder who that is. Yeah. Especially Saul. I mean, he's, he's a white Jewish guy. But also, the... Uh, <laughs> If you saw like no SNL idea. stuff, 
I had no idea it was him. I don't think that was the first time Eddie Murphy has played like a a white guy. Okay, I gotta be. But the Jewish, the Jewish voice is very funny. Okay, so there was an SNL sketch that I actually just heard about recently where Eddie Murphy did, he, it was like an SNL pre-recorded kind of like Lonely Island style, like pre-recorded skit where it's just, they play the video and Eddie Murphy is in, like he's a white guy and it's basically showing what happens when it's just white people around, like making fun of that fact. Yeah. So it's like, Somebody said, oh, he gets on a bus and then like everyone, like the black guy gets off and then everybody, like every white person starts cheering and he's just looking around like, this is what actually happens. And then he walks up to a bank teller, doesn't give a card or anything. And the guy's just like pushing money at him. He just goes, here, sir, just take it. Just take it. Yeah, that that is a funny sketch. I don't think that it's the first time that he's done that. No, it's not. I, I have a rough understanding, but either way, like that skit and that character in the movie are both hilarious because I had zero idea it was him. Yeah. Gotta be honest. Which, by the way, we're not going to comment on that. I'm sure that it's people it, people who are bored might have... Uh, Nobody can be upset about that. Yeah, no, like, I'm saying if people who are bored might try to find ways to get upset about it. We are not going to comment on that. We think it's funny. So, um, I'll, I'll comment. There's no reason to get upset. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Actually, my comment. Don't yeah. think about it. Let me <laughs> yeah, comment. That's, Shut that's up. My comment. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> relax. That's hilarious. Um, so we we have the the barbershop. We have the really sketchy apartment that they get, and then um, they they start trying to meet girls because that's what they're there to do. They go to the yeah. nightclubs. They there are a bunch of different girls, and that's when we get Arsenio Hall as really <laughs> ugly girl. It's literally just Arsenio Hall in a wig, and like they literally, barely do anything. I think that they do like less because I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I think he looks more womanly in the opening character introduction when he's like fighting with him uh, like, with a stick than he does yeah. when he wears a wig and a dress. It's remarkable. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, go back and watch it. I'm telling you, like you're he, looks, right. he looks very like he honestly looks pretty androgynous when they're doing the fighting thing, and then we, when he's wearing the wig and dress, he looks less like a traditional. Yeah, woman, I guess I think. because in the first scene, you're not really pointed to know anything, and in that one, it's just like, yeah, this is clearly not a woman here like this is, <laughs> well it's this obviously is, like it, that's supposed to be the joke it's like this, i know yeah. i know i'm saying but this is like right. arsenio with lipstick on and a really bad yeah. <laughs> like just a wig yeah. like, that's it it's he's like funny. hey baby i'm gonna take <laughs> it's really good it is but i i like how they just threw that in because they had all the women like just talking to him a lot of crazy people and then they just had to toss in that little bit at the end of just Arsenio in yeah. the just cross dressing a little bit, which was awesome. Yeah, no, that's 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 good stuff. We love seeing Arsenio in drag. Um. Yeah, but <laughs> after that, they kind of they're like at a loss. They don't really know where they're gonna go. Yeah, they they see um, Eddie Murphy's other character um, from the barbershop outside after they're coming back because their apartment's right above the barbershop, and they're like, "Oh, we were just at the club. Like, where do we meet women? We can't meet any good women." He's like, yeah. "You want to meet good women?" You go to the the Black Awareness, um, what was it, event, like the Black or, Awareness event? Yeah, yeah Black, Awareness Black Awareness Week, event. I think. That's it was where event, you meet yeah. the good women. And then it cuts to that, and it's just like a swimsuit competition. Yeah. <laughs> it was the Black Awareness 
swimsuit contest. Just <laughs> and then you that's have where you meet good women. Reverend Brown, who is played by Arsenio also, Hall, another Arsenio Hall character. Yeah. Just hilarious. And he's talking. He's like, I said I wasn't going to preach. And then he starts talking about some women's bodies. He's supposed to be this really like misogynistic <laughs> reverend. Um that whole that whole event was hilarious because then we also I think that's when we get Randy Watson too the the uh, oh awful yeah that's, singer that's when he comes in and everyone's like <laughs> everyone's they're like, they're like all right we have a special guest Randy Watson and they bring him out and like one person claps yeah. and they go I love him <laughs> so funny. that was it that was another Eddie character like, oh god yeah. And the only other person who liked him, I think, was Eddie's other character yep, yep. from the barbershop. Yeah. Like, I kind of like this guy. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's pretty good, yeah. actually. <laughs> Just so good. But from there, we that's when we meet the McDowells. And that's when we meet Lisa McDowell. Yep. And that's when we meet Mr. McDowell, um, who own a restaurant in Queens, which is called McDowell's. And he um, makes her say the address, which was very reminiscent yeah. of uh, Mr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was uh, that's like the same thing. He's like talking to the vice president, just throw in the new address yeah. for the store in there. Just, yeah. just wear the t-shirt. <laughs> wear the t-shirt. Just when you're talking, ask the question. Wear the t-shirt. But that was uh, is so good. That was a nice intro where you kind of see all these all these women up on stage, and you're like, oh, is something going to come from there? And then we meet Lisa, who's actually behind kind of the fundraising booth, or she's behind the concession stand with her dad working for mcdowell's we find out that it's like a fast food kind of restaurant in queens um and eddie and arsenio were basically like oh eddie's into her and he's like okay let's go get a job there so we got to then going to mcdowell's and getting a job and this is really one of the first times when we find out how much of a knockoff it is a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. You have a photographer out there who yeah. thinks that he's taking uh, pictures for a lawsuit or something. Yeah, it's. He's like, they have the golden arches and we have the golden arcs. Yeah, <laughs> it's just literally every the closest you could possibly get. I love that whole ongoing bit. I think that that I'll say that it did carry over into two. Of course, yeah. I, I liked how it was. What did you not enjoy it? Um, I think oh, actually, I, I'm not gonna lie. In this movie, I I kind of was like, a, okay, I get it. And then when I yeah. saw it in the second movie, I was like, oh my gosh! All right, I get it. <laughs> I mean, it was better in this I, movie. I, I'll say that. Look, okay, in this movie, I will say like the initial shock of it, like, oh yeah, they're literally copying McDonald's, and he's trying to pass it off. Like the first few times, I was like, all right, that's funny. Yeah, I'll I'll say this. I think at first. It, I bet back in the day it was a lot funnier and a lot more original than it is now because I feel like now it's probably a little overdone. Like that yeah. kind of humor. So I'll, I'll give it the benefit yeah. of the doubt there. Understandable. But from there, they basically get jobs at McDowell's and their first jobs are janitor and like kind of mopping and everything, yeah. taking out the trash. Yeah, just worker bees. And and Mr. McDowell's like, you guys know how to mop, right? And just brings out the mop, and Eddie's like, of course. And then just takes the mop in the bucket and just starts moving, moving the it bucket around. around. Yeah, yeah. He's like, let's take that, take the bucket away. It might get a little confusing. But this is really his way in to talk to Lisa. They're just kind of working at it, and 
he keeps working, working, working. They do, they're doing their thing. They're working their way up the chain, which is staying in the same place. And eventually he gets put in charge of all the garbage. So he's walking around kind of cleaning all of the offices. Lisa's in her office. He walks up, starts chatting her up. And he just goes, I've recently been placed in charge of garbage. Do you have any that needs disposal? And that, that starts their rapport. That kind of just starts their conversation up. And she's like, no, it's empty. Like, yeah, because so Lisa, obviously, cute. yeah, their meat cute is about garbage. But yeah. Lisa likes the Lisa cares about the company. It's her dad's company. She works for them and she's she's there for it. So she appreciates that he's trying really hard even as a garbage man, even as a mopper. And that's yeah. when we realize that Eddie well, that's when Eddie learns that or Akeem. I should start doing character names. So I'm gonna, Akeem learns I'm trying it's yeah. Back and forth. Right. So Akeem learns that Lisa has a boyfriend named Daryl. Good looking guy, has the jerry curls and everything. His his uh dad, I believe, owned a business that is the after what is it called? Afterglow or something? Or uh wait, something I about glow. So he owns a business at, that's for this hair product. So his hair is always perfect, but he's a rich kid. And he, it's because it's not because he worked hard; it's because his dad owns this company. And oh, so it's Soul Glow. Soul, Soul Glow. Glow. That's right. Soul Glow. <laughs> yeah, so he, they're they're kind of at odds, and uh, we don't get any sign that Lisa isn't too happy in the relationship up until Akeem successfully starts spending a little bit of time with Lisa, like the just a yeah. little bit. But she's still dating Daryl, and then our big moment for Akeem is when, and I won't get the name here because it's Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson walks in with the shotgun, tries holding the place up. And then we, we talked about Arsenio and uh, Akeem's like fighting in the beginning. They're training. They use masters. Yeah. They use the mop brush to take out or the the mop handle to take out Samuel and, Uh, that that kind of wins Lisa over. She's like, "Wow, this he's really like willing to do this." And it also, honestly, that's probably impressive. That's probably yeah. really hot to see a guy do that. And the night before, Eddie had sent her, or Akeem had sent her from Akeem. a secret admirer, oh, five hundred thousand dollar earrings. Yeah. And it, the note just said, <laughs> "From a secret admirer, admirer, not Daryl." <laughs> just- also, that would obviously be daryl right <laughs> like if, if i got yeah, those and it was not like daryl. not so and so i'd be like okay that's a really unoriginal okay. way to say it's from you <laughs> exactly like just okay you could say it's from you but he's been trying to pass off that he's poor so it's like he's been saying they're like oh where are you a student uh university of america you know just trying to say oh i'm i'm living in it really don't have any money working this low-end job so of course she's like how could he afford any of this like yeah of course it's not a key right yeah, yeah he has zero money like and then for those to be real i mean let's just say those earrings are wild crazy absolutely yeah. crazy um not but probably anything i'd purchase in my is, life but this is after the yeah well oh, i don't think i can ever no. yeah i don't even think if i had that money i would buy five hundred thousand dollar earrings no. for anybody. no but no, that's that's, that's something purchase. that they said was that um, I think it was actually Louis Anderson, the the 
bigger guy that works behind the the counter yeah. told him that basically girls in America only want guys that are rich and only want guys yeah. who pay for things for them. So that's why Akeem ended up uh, giving her those earrings. Exactly. But from here, after the burglary and everything, he's wondering why he can't get Lisa and what's going on. And everyone at the barbershop is like, no, 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 you're going at it the wrong way. You got to go through her dad. Yep. To win her over, you have to go through her dad. And they've been trying to do that with Mr. McDowell, but kind of not really doing it. And after the burglary, they're like, I'm so, he's like, I'm so impressed. I'm having a get together. You know, why don't you come? And it's the classic, why don't you free up Saturday night? I'm having a get together. And then he makes them work bar and valet for, yeah. <laughs> for the, for the event. And that, that should, if you know movies from around this time, especially comedy movies from around this time, that's the old, uh, how would you like to mow my lawn from Caddyshack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that always. I mean, it's not as much as a, of a surprise when it gets thrown in now, but like the first time seeing that probably in this movie was really good. Yeah, absolutely. So he's, he's trying to win him over by... By honestly being a good worker and just trying to be yeah. a, a good guy, but uh, Cleo actually ends up letting Daryl propose in front of everyone. Does not give Lisa the option to even decide. He decides for her at this party that everyone's at while he's while Akeem's working bar, and uh, obviously Lisa is not actually with it. They they yeah. she tells him no. Then her and Akeem really start spending time together, and they they start yeah. hanging out, even just as like friends. I I don't think she was into him at first, mm-hmm. and well, he's, originally he was like with her sister a little bit because they went to the St. John's game, right? And it was, it double Lisa's date. sister gave him uh, the OTPHJ. <laughs> yeah, at at the game, and at just the game, see if people giving him giving yeah, the over the like, pants hand job. Yes! And they're like, it's halftime. He goes, it's my favorite part of the game. But that's actually the first time he almost blew his cover was at that game because two people from Zamunda saw him and were like, oh my gosh, this is the best day of my life. Can I take a picture with you? Yeah. And then Lisa and them see, and they're like, what was that? He goes, just someone I met in the back room. Yeah. Yeah. So also, yeah, they probably thought that guy was just like hammered. He was just being a good sports. Like, okay, I'll take a picture with you. Um, Yeah, for sure. So they... They spend so much time together and they actually end up basically start starting dating, but he's trying to keep up the the smoke screen that he is Facade. actually a poor person. And mm-hmm. Semi ends up buying a lot of stuff for the apartment, including a hot tub. It makes it look really rich and really nice. And he gets, Akeem gets really pissed at Sammy because he was going to have Lisa up to the apartment and he's, he's like, well, we can't have her see it like this. So he gets mad. Uh, they, they move into, uh, the landlord's crappy apartment on the first yeah. floor to, to, uh, <laughs> smooth that up. And then Sammy's <laughs> like, you guys can move into my place. Like, he's like, is, it, like, is it bad or is it poor looking? Yeah. He's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's very poor looking. Yeah. <laughs> So Sammy sends to King uh King Jaffe, I think, for um 
for a million dollars. There's a nice little bit like sends for 300 originally. And then the woman yeah. is, thinks that he's just lying. She's like, do you actually want to yeah. send this? Like, let's, why not make it a million at, at the end? And he's like, you think? It's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So as, as Akeem is finally getting in with Lisa, he's, he's doing all these things, right? Things are going extremely well in terms of him, I guess, becoming a, a suitable candidate for, yeah, for well, or her becoming a suitable candidate. Um, he's been in that, like, you're so easy to talk to phase. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm sorry I'm telling you about all of my relationship problems. Like, I don't know. You're such a good listener. And it's just, we know where this is headed. Yeah, he's in the good part of the friend zone. Yeah, he's, he's it's he's like the, the there's there's like a there's a friend zone like hey I, I just think he is a friend and then there's a friend zone like if if especially if someone is in a relationship and they friend zone someone by saying oh you're so easy to talk to yeah. like you're all this that's when you know you're you're on the sideline a little you're gonna get you got put on layaway literally caught. just put you on layaway and they're like hey we're still friends right you're but, a tickle you me know. elmo just just yeah. waiting to be bought <laughs> just waiting for christmas <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it but i mean we, we see they just start getting closer and closer and closer and finally i mean he takes her out and after that um just gives away all of semi's money after they leave that apartment to a couple guys to the homeless who come up and thank him at dinner and then they eventually start dancing and just um you know they finally hook up a little bit yeah and it's just like it's like all right he finally made it let's see we're yeah, in there see yeah and then unfortunately his dad comes he, he gets really mad gets semi yeah. then there's a whole rat race they're trying to find each other uh <laughs> Mr. Mr. McDowell ends up finding out that he is the prince, so he's trying to get Lisa to actually be with him. He's got his own money. Got his own money for sure. There's no doubt about that. So uh the James Earl Jones is just not having it. He he gets to America, doesn't want this to happen, tells Lisa that there's no way that he could actually be interested in her because he's a king. And that, that really upsets her, and that upsets uh, Akeem himself. So there's there's a part where they're at the McDowell's house, and his he's talking to his parents, and he's like pissed at his dad, saying, why would you do that? His mom is the one that tells him to go find her, and then they have a nice, have a nice scene in the New York City subway, which I actually think is a really good spot to have this go down. Yeah, like because because it's the worst spot. <laughs> oh well, I mean it was it's true to form. Like everybody just minds their own business, and I yeah. know that from experience. Like if anybody gets on and is talking louder than normal, just you just ignore them. Yeah, no, like, no matter what, probably insane. But they <laughs> they even built up a little bit of a crowd who was more than willing to look in their direction. Usually, you don't look in the direction of the noise, and you just kind of go, "All right, yep, don't make eye contact." Don't make this eye contact. one. Don't I love. Yeah, literally, please do not make eye contact. Yeah. But. This one was great, and they just everyone gets super invested in the whole thing, and he ends up getting deaded, which sucks. Yeah, she eventually says no, but I, I mean, there was a bit in there that I did love, which was not on the subway, but it was when Semi gets found out at the apartment, yeah. and he kind <laughs> and uh, James Earl Jones is really just like 
telling him, all right, you need to be punished. Well, we're going to take you to the Waldorf Astoria. We're going to get you dressed in some clothes and we're going to have you bathe thoroughly. And he's just like, thank you so much. I mean, sorry. Yes, of yeah. course. Just like literally everything he could have wanted in one sentence as a punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't, I struggle to see the punishment in whatever he was doing. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's I like, mean, yeah we're going to take you to the hotel. Like, oh no, no way. <laughs> The nicest hotel in New York in the Royal Suite. He's like, yeah, we're going to lock you in there. Like, oh, please don't. Don't do that. That would be awful. uh, No, please, not me. (laughs) Come on. That was insane. Yeah, yeah. Then Lisa ends up denying him. Yeah, she's just like, I I don't know. I mean, you're a prince. This is just ridiculous. Like, it's insane. Um, So... They they end up going back to Zamunda and they believe that well, Akim believes that there is going to be a ceremony. Well, there is a ceremony. He thinks that it's going to be the original bride who has been trained since birth to just be for him. And then uh, I think it's it's pretty obvious the whole time that it's Lisa. But there's the reveal. He's like, oh, awesome, and so you see that that our boy James Earl Jones comes around at the end, gives him the love of his life. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful ending that we all needed. It's nice. It it really was. And honestly, I mean, it was a dead giveaway that the person walking down the aisle wasn't hopping on one leg and going, but you know, I think that from that, taking that away, it was a beautiful ending to a great movie. Yeah. And it was the ending we needed. I, that's another thing. It's the ending we needed. We always we always talk about the the nice endings. I that I like nice endings because yeah. honestly, again, I think people need to shut up and just watch a rom com. It's just nice. Enjoy it the makes show. you feel good. Exactly, exactly. And I think that this made its own path aside from being just a rom com, like we said before. Yeah, it's just so good throughout. If it wasn't a rom com and it was about these two guys in America. It could be its own great movie. Like they yeah. didn't need the love interest. Obviously, it's a staple of movies to have the love interest. Love but interests if are fun. Was, if it was just them, it could have been a Harold and Kumar kind of thing where they're just roaming around doing crazy shit. Even Harold and Kumar has a romance B plot. I know, but <laughs> well, well, what's your final take? What's your final take on the movie? Oh, just just a, a very good movie. I think yeah. the the thing that sticks out to me is just the originality of it, the uniqueness of it. I like all of the layers. I like how much it tries to tackle too. And I we really obviously we can't speak on it personally, but you can't dis discount just the impact it has and like the the cultural significance of it. Basically, for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think that you know. It made made waves, and it's here to stay. And everything that's come from it is incredible. Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot has stemmed from it. We already talked about that, but not only yeah. Eddie Murphy's career, but a ton of other stuff. And uh, yeah, and then it led us all up to the second movie. <laughs> let's tackle <laughs> we'll, an we'll exclusive talk about exclusives that first. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's get into that. We'll we'll. Start out here with an exclusive exclusives. So this movie was actually originally supposed to be called The Quest. Eddie Murphy wanted it to be called The Quest. And he the reason he wanted to make this movie was because he wanted it to be a character piece. Because the movies that he had done before, he said, were 
Eddie movies. You know, it was him. It was Eddie Murphy. And so it was actually also his first time playing multiple roles on a single movie, which we know him to do. We love him to do. But this was the original. This was the first one. And we talked about that with all the barbershop stuff. It was all mm. fantastic. Um, so, so great. Yes. And so obviously is the Prince of Zamunda. And that is the uh, fictional African nation and there is something that that comes from so barry blaustein and david sheffield were the screenwriters and they named the kingdom of zamunda after bob's muda which andy kaufman's writing partner and close friend so our boy bob's muda ended up uh getting an entire nation named after him in one of the more classic movies that's ever been released shout out bob's muda Bob Smuda, that's our guy. <laughs> yeah, you got a whole country. Yeah. So you know who else got a whole country to lead? It was James Earl Jones and Madge Sinclair. King. So their roles in this movie were so incredible, and they did such a great job portraying a king and queen that the studio was really impressed, and so was America. I mean, everybody was impressed with their performances. Yeah. So much so that the duo was asked to kind of redo their roles they were asked to be king and queen again, but in the animated film, The Lion King. As I'm sure you know, both of their voices were Mufasa and Sarabi in the animated Lion King that came out in 1994. Which Never is heard of it. Really cool. No, it's it's kind of a, like a low-key movie. It's low an budget, indie, right? Indie yeah, film. Yeah. 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 It's an A24 movie. <laughs> yeah. It was a documentary about They made lions. it for $3 and made <laughs> yeah. $30 billion. <laughs> $30 billion. They have like It was the March of the Penguins of Lions, yeah, but it was, that, it was an indie. That's insane. I mean, I can't imagine Lion King being an indie film. And just made <laughs> yeah, it, it was slightly successful. Yeah, just a little bit. I think that uh, a decent amount of people watched that as kids. I would say Couple. if you watched The Lion King as a kid, like you're one of few. You're one of a few people <laughs> yeah. that have done that. Yeah. So consider yourself lucky that you yeah. got to see these performances of James Earl Jones and Madge Sinclair. Yeah. But another performance that I want to note, which is crazy. So all of the characters in the barbershop mentioned them a ton but i mean it's pretty crazy that they're all played by eddie murphy arsenio hall and clint smith which is i mean versatility like no other yeah i yeah, did they, not they were all so funny they're they're such good comic characters to have yeah. in there too because they can say whatever the hell they want just because they're these ridiculous just you know like the the look of them is just goofy Exactly. And I, I, I'll say it again. I had no clue that this old guy was Eddie Murphy. You mean this, Saul? This old white guy sitting yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. I had no clue that that was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And I don't think anybody else did. And if I you say so you did, you're a liar and a fraud. Yeah. Or you were on, set, on set that For day. Fraud. Fraud. Yeah, we got a Slumdog Millionaire situation going. Yeah. How'd you know it was Eddie Murphy? What What happened with Saul, which is crazy, because I'm not the only one who did not know that he was this character. Yeah. So after all the makeup and everything was applied for Saul, Eddie Murphy wanted to, like, test out the costume itself. So he got in a golf cart and drove from one studio area to another, like, within the Paramount section, within the Paramount lot, because that's who made the movie. Um... 
he got out of the car and said, like, in his voice, in Eddie Murphy's voice, which is pretty recognizable, I'd say. Yeah. He said, hi, I'm Eddie Murphy, like, as that white guy. And everyone was like, sure, dude. Like, who <laughs> okay. let this guy on the set? Where, who is this man? Whose grandpa they, is this? They canceled like, the old grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, hey, this guy's got to go. <laughs> who let this guy? He says he's Eddie Murphy. Like, this is a, <laughs> You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's okay. Let's get him some water. Sit him down. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah it, it's a dementia patient for sure. Oh, yeah. Somebody um, got out of the ward and was just walking around saying, I'm Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> okay he's not wearing a hospital robe but we know something's and wrong i'm james earl jones like get it get it together guy and i'm james earl jones that was really good i know i know that was yeah. really good um awesome. so, so um we have john landis who directed this movie and he also directed trading places in 1983 that put Eddie Murphy on the map, as some would consider. So, Don Amici and Ralph Bellamy actually reprised their Trading Places characters in Coming to America, but this time they were the really, or they were the homeless people that Eddie yeah. Murphy gave money to, which was pretty funny to see. And then, uh, the, my next fact here is that. Yeah. King Jaffe, so we're James Earl Jones, my impeccable, impeccable I thought you were him. Impersonation. I thought he was on the phone with us James now. Earl Jones. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, and up that actually, I wasn't trying to do an impression there. <laughs> you weren't? That was so incredible. You weren't even trying? It's incredible. So Jesus. when he came to look for his son at McDowell's restaurant, his line, no, do not alert him to my presence. I shall deal with him myself, is homage to his character, Darth Vader, in Return of the Jedi, when he says, no, leave them to me. I will deal with them myself. So deal with them myself. No, leave them to me. If you I haven't done the Darth Vader, then you're lying. If you haven't done the No, leave them to me. I will deal with them myself. Here that's, I'm sitting that's... here. We're I mean, being... all right, listen, listen, listen. Look, look, we're... look me in the eyes and tell me that wasn't fifty percent. 50% what? Okay. Like, that wasn't 50% legit to, to Darth Vader. Can you do it again? Okay, you ready? <clears throat> yeah. No. Leave them to me. I will deal with them myself. That one was worse. That See, you made me do it again. That no. one was worse. You know but it's not consistency. Like? I get it. You know what you sound like? You know how they make cartoons out of things a lot, like Star Wars? You yeah. have the main actors, and then you have the cartoons. And then always you're expecting the main actor's voice in the cartoons, but you never get it. So the first time you hear it, you're like, that's not the same person. Well, I am a voice actor, so that, that yeah. would make sense. I was saying As you can yours, tell from my many impressions throughout this podcast. Yours is like they replaced him with Jar Jar Binks. And everybody's <laughs> like, I don't know about that one. <laughs> Misa, leave them to me. <laughs> I Lisa. will deal with them myself, Misa. Leave them to Misa. <laughs> Leave them to Misa. <laughs> that one. I, yep. Definitely think. 
All right, get me out of this. Give me another right. fact. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you dig your own hole here. <laughs> I don't care. With your Darth Vader impression. But so one thing that was interesting that actually I think came out recently. So Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall were on uh, Jimmy Kimmel promoting the new movie. And something came up about how Louis Anderson's role kind of got cast and, and who was up for the role and why that was really in there. And it came out, Arsenio was basically saying, like, I think they actually forced us to put a white guy in the movie. And everyone's like, really? Like, Jimmy's like, really? And he's like, yeah, I think the studio saw that it was kind of an all-black cast and said, you need to have a white guy in there for some reason. Like, today, not understandable. But I, I have no idea, like, what happened in the industry back then. Seems very odd. But they were like, who's yeah. the funniest white guy that we know? And they basically cast Louis Anderson because there there were like three people that were up for it. They were like, who are the funniest white guys we know that we want to work with, that we can cast to work with in this movie? Yeah. And they ended up on Louis Anderson. Yeah, and honestly, he did a really good job. I mean, uh, it it's, sounds like murky waters that, that they were made them hire yeah, a white person, a especially odd. because he did stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> he was, he was yeah. the only white person in this whole movie. But no, he does a really good job. He, you know, he he's uh, a very nice seeming person. At least <laughs> like he's he's really nice to both of them. Yeah, and uh, you know, so there's no foil there. So definitely, definitely a, a good casting, I would say, even if it seemed to be yeah. forced by the studio, which would be really messed up. But it um, seems it seemed like it was a little forced at the time. I'm gonna yeah. be honest, watching through, I was like that guy because you were like, uh, there's a yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, with castings that didn't come through, actually, there was a long-standing rumor that Michael Jackson and Prince were actually set to make cameos in a dance-off scene, but it never happened due to their schedules. When I think people give validity to this rumor, it's because that uh, John Landis, the director, as we were just talking about, actually directed the Thriller video, which everyone knows is the classic music video for Michael Jackson. Yeah, of course. And that would be, like, insane if they could get Prince and Michael Jackson in this movie. Would be ridiculous. That would, that would make a movie in itself. Do you know itself. how crazy that those two... At like, this time, too? Yeah. <laughs> one of them is like, holy shit. Yeah. But both of them would be earth-shattering to get yeah. them in this movie. No, absolutely. And so for that dance and kind of, like, going off the dancing and everything like that... Uh, it was Paul Abdul who choreographed the Coming to America opening dance scene like at the palace in Zamunda, which potentially could have been the stage for Michael Jackson and Prince, which would have been awesome. But we were just left with Paul Abdul's moves shown off in that dance. <laughs> I, I liked Paula Abdul's moves. And it also reminded <laughs> me of how we were talking to uh to or we were talking about Meet the Spartans last week yeah. with, uh, with the American Idol cameos. I if someone knows Meet the Spartans or if people don't know Meet the Spartans, do not watch it. It is the worst probably piece of like garbage movie. Of but I love it so much because it is. Um yeah. We'll move on to, or actually, you give me one, and then I'll go to the last one. Okay. So one last thing about kind of the characters. Yeah. So obviously, you saw them playing all the different characters. 
The one thing that they would say is that each of these characters kind of takes three, four, six hours of makeup to get into these different, you know, faces and these different makeups. And the makeup artist Rick Baker made life casts of the actors' faces and then made sculptures which molded to the rubber applicants that they wore. Um, they had like hand woven hair and eyebrows and everything. And they were over 500 costumes designed for the entire thing, which is insane. Yeah. yeah. So the, the cast of the face and everything. And then on top of that, they designed all of these characters, their outfits and everything. I mean, that happens in movies a lot. I know that there's obviously like design and everything, but to make these characters for the same people. Insane. Yeah. So who, who did the costume design? It was Deborah Nadelman. Nadulman. Nadulman, yeah, probably. Nadulman. <laughs> so for, for uh, I mean, obviously no one knows, but the, we have a little doc that we work on going through us just to keep track of things on the podcast. And I, I saw this name that Woody skipped over and I was 99% certain it was on purpose. So I wanted to see how he would pronounce <laughs> Deborah Nadulman. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to clear the situation up for you. It was 100% on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, I, yeah, I like yeah. a slight pause when yeah. you're gonna read the name. Yeah, so so shout out to her. She did a great job. Absolutely. Um, I just did not want to butcher her name, and you forced my hand. Yeah, that's what I do here. And that's what we did. So in my last one, and we'll, we'll round it out. I actually. I don't think we'll do favorites this time. I think that we should just move right on to the the second yeah. one and talk you about that. You want to just do favorite character and then move on to the second one? Sure, just yeah. Just toss in our favorite so, character. So last fact here quick that in 1989, <sighs> CBS actually filmed a pilot for the TV version of Coming to America starring Tommy Davidson, but it never aired because it just wasn't that great. Um, yeah. So <laughs> give me your favorite character. We'll go off that not being that All great right. with the sequel. I'm going to go with my favorite character is going to be Arsenio Hall's preacher. Yeah. Because yep. of the absurdity of the character. I love that character. That character is so good. And I just didn't understand the lengths that they would go with him. And they just kept going. Yeah. The best part of his character was how much screen time he had just because, or the amount of words that he had just because he yeah. kept spewing. <laughs> and I think, I don't know if that was scripted. I'm assuming that it wasn't. And he was just going. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he just kept going and yeah. going. Uh, mine actually is Randy Watson. So it's so a terrible, <laughs> like it, for, there was something that cracked me up about him being a performer that just being really bad that everyone yeah. was just pissed about. And he's just like, thank you. He's just like, just being this really outlandish character, just not very good at his job. And, everyone knowing he's not that good at his job everyone just <laughs> mad that he's there in general like oh we gotta deal with this guy yeah, again how does he get booked for everything yeah so good um yeah we'll, we'll cut the favorites short there we did need to yeah. talk about characters that was a very good idea um we will move on to the sequel coming to america uh just so we're all on the same page, the Rotten Tomatoes scores will give him. So on the first movie, we had a 71 and an 85. And this movie, we have a 52 and a 49. So mm -hmm. divided by the two. Time, it's the second one. You got to divide it by two. 
Or, yeah, yeah. It's um, like the formula. So a lot of the time with the with critic scores uh, on on comedies, even if it's a fifty-two, we'll be like, oh, this might be a dumb, fun movie. When you get a forty-nine, which is lower than a critic score, it, it tends to not be great. So. It's a, a sequel that came out 33 years later, and I I just want to start out by saying that I'm sure before I had this podcast and before I really thought deeply about writing and everything, that I would say some movies had some funny parts and some not so funny parts. But in terms of writing and in terms of the script, this is one of the most inconsistent scripts. Yeah. I think that it's too bouncy. It goes from one thing and then it's like, oh, we're getting somewhere here. And then completely just pull the reins on it and we go in a completely different direction with the comedy. And it's not coherent in the sense that the first one was like, okay, the jokes all line up. Like there's yeah. a, a means to an end here for where we're going. I'll I'll say this. I think the jokes yeah. lined up a little. I just think that it was very hit or miss. Like I think that some were very very funny, and I think some were poignant, and I think some seemed like they were written four years ago, and they just kept them in for some reason. When like I so I think that there's also another thing, and it's tough to make movies in this day and age if you try to go with certain jokes because yeah. when you have Twitter and things get buried into people you have to be really quick because someone it uh, okay I, i'm gonna directly call one i already uh, know what you're gonna say yeah so in this is another thing this movie fought an uphill battle because the first joke that we had was that vegan burgers don't taste good do you know when yeah. the, it was funny to talk about vegan burgers not tasting good the when first day that there was maybe that but no literally <laughs> like the first day that someone knew about beyond burgers and someone was like oh like they're made of grass back in 2008 there was one day okay and then you try to make a joke about that and it's a bit in the beginning of the movie and you're fighting an uphill battle and there are just kind of things like that like i literally it feels like this movie was made it was written by two different people and one was like just this uh, for lack of a better word there's this boomer that was like oh what would change oh all all these things would happen and it was like these jokes have been made on now facebook and i'm not even on when facebook for facebook, four years oh we have one friend that's on facebook and when it reaches him we know that shit's <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like yeah oh, he would love this he would have loved those ones yeah he's like he's well he'll see the movie in 10 years once facebook ads get to it yeah but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well Okay, so my thing is, I think that the movie was funny when I was watching. There yes. were certain, obviously, hit or misses. But yeah. my thing is, I think that with this cast, and I'm going to go through a couple of them. Because yeah. And actually, can I can I just like soften up a little quick? Because I was no. I was very negative. No, okay, <laughs> I, I was negative, and I I I just. I was excited for this. I think this yeah, cast so is incredible. I. I think the people behind it were incredible. It's just weird to me that these jokes, like, so some of these jokes were so good. And then too some of them books. were just like, there were too, and there were just too many grown moments. But for, yeah. honestly, overall, I, I like, especially right afterwards, I was like, oh, I enjoyed that movie. And then yeah. I, it gave me a day to start thinking about it. And then I got more and more mad about the jokes that just should not have been made. So that's on me. I think that I was right there. I was very critical. Uh, but overall, this this was a fun movie. It, it Look, was fun. It was. 
Okay, so it just wasn't great, but there were some funny parts. It wasn't okay. I'm not gonna say it was incredible. I'm not gonna say anything like that. Number yeah. one thing I'm gonna say is I said it. I'll say it again. I think too many cooks in the kitchen. And when yeah. I say that, I mean that there's so many talented comedic minds on this movie, and they're all working together. That can be a formula for incredible success and results if there's a cohesiveness factor. Yeah. Which I'm not saying that there wasn't, but it's also when you have Eddie Murphy, Arsenio, Jermaine Fowler, Trevor Noah, Lunell, Leslie Jones, Tracy Morgan. Like when you yeah. have everybody working together, it's like everybody wants to get their jokes in for sure. Like everybody wants to make sure that their bits are heard or make sure like their comedy is included in some way. And I think that it did a great job of highlighting everybody's specific comedy. Yeah. But I, I think that that led to dis, some like disconnected jokes in a way. Like there were some that were from here and there were some that were from there. And well, then when you, I, I also think that the characters in this and the actors, every single performance was fantastic. Like that, yeah. that's what made this movie fun. Like you had Leslie Jones, you, you had like Wesley Snipes and everything. You had these new characters, you had the old characters. It was a Rick, fun time. A ton of cameos. Like ton okay, of cameos. the one thing yeah. I'll say is, of course there's going to be a ton of cameos in this. Right. Movie. Like this is the, the same thing happened with Anchorman too. Like there's going to be cameos. Of course. We love the cameos. I love the cameos. But I don't want the cameos in a sequel to be used as a crutch. I don't think they were used as a crutch in this, but there were some moments that were just like, yeah. okay, yeah, there was... Do you know what? I'm I'm almost half... I'm almost okay with that, actually. Yeah, um, no, I am too. I think like, okay, something that was like funny and cool that I thought was like, all right, that didn't need to be in there, but it's... Uh, it's a nice thing was when the Kembe Mutombo just shows up. Yeah. Out of yeah. nowhere. And it's like, and that, but I know what you're saying with like, it shouldn't be yeah. a crutch because literally that whole thing, it wasn't, there was no joke. It was just, Hey, there he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, right. you remember that guy? No, no, no. That's, that's yeah. his thing. That's funny. Um, and that's fine. Like it, it's going to happen. And it was I, a fun movie though. It was, it was, it was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. I think my, maybe my expectations were too high and I, I think went we in too all high went with in it. Too high. Yeah, which which wasn't fair to it. But honestly, the things that hit did hit. So I'm yeah. now I'm gonna take a positive viewpoint. I'm there gonna, he goes. I got it. No, no, I'm saying I got I got the negativity out. I don't okay. like being a negative person. Let's um, go into the positives. I'll I'll talk about What'd one specific. Like? Um, no, honestly, I, I I've overall I liked the acting performances. I thought they were all fantastic because everyone's gonna do very well. Um, I did really think it was a fun movie and funny enough, I thought that the story was good. I thought it was yeah. interesting thinking about um, you're kind of tackling someone's dad dying and you trying to hold up that or he's try Akeem's trying to hold up his legacy. But then him being reminded, like, hey, no, you were trying to do differently. Just because you really respected him and he died, you don't need to keep that going. And you, you're thinking about um, the the laws in terms of women and queens. I think that's it's really interesting to to talk about. And then, yeah. like, in terms of specific jokes too, there there were a few parts that made me laugh. Like um, Colin Jost, uh, he he had a short short stint in this movie and there was a blackface joke that was mentioned that i thought was really funny like i don't think we're gonna do spoilers throughout it so i won't like directly say the joke but i think you're good to 
say the joke. I think yeah. after saying there was a blackface joke, <laughs> I think you need to elaborate a little bit and not just be like, yeah, there's a blackface joke. Yeah, in the we movie. loved it. It was fucking no. great. So, like, so Colin Jost is supposed to be this guy that uh, took a company over from his dad and honestly similar to um, the, the Soul Glow character. Uh, yeah. But they, he was calling him out during an interview and he said something. I think he was like, um, I bet you did blackface at a oh, company a company party or something. And it, he was like, it was Will Smith's GD character and that he had to put a blackface under a blue yeah. face or something, which I mean, dude, blue no face sense. over a blackface. It's just a, it's a goofy joke. You know? Yeah. I did love that scene when Jermaine Fowler was just like, Daddy never had to sneak you into a rehab facility. Yeah, like that's stuff. Daddy that's never donated a, a library to the school. And Joseph's just, just like, it was a small library off campus. Yeah. Just like, that little exchange was like, I had such high hopes after that exchange. That's, I was like, uh, yeah. where are we going with this? I'm on board. Wherever we're going, yes. I'm in. Yes. And then Tracy Morgan's in it. Like Tracy Morgan is I was incredible just like, in this movie. Going. Tracy Morgan is my favorite. I yeah. think that's the thing. I think it started out with a huge groan for me with the vegan burger joke. I'm like, oh my goodness, is this just going to be Facebook in a in a movie? And then <laughs> then we get the Colin Jost thing. I'm like, okay, I'm back. And then it, it kind of just keeps teetering and teetering. And yeah. then there's, um, yeah, it's it's just hit or miss, hit or miss. Yeah, I think. Overall, we can say, like, very hit or miss, very, like, feel good, turn your mind off, like, obviously you're not getting the first one. It's the same kind of deal for a new generation, but kind of reversed, like, from America. Find oh, it's, a, it's, it is a different story. Yeah. I think so. I think it's it, an entirely different story, which I kind of liked, actually, because I didn't want it to do the same thing. Yeah. At certain I mean, points, I think I might have I, I been hoping it was the same yeah. thing, but no, I'm happy. No, I wanted it to do a different thing, and it definitely went in a different direction, which I was very happy about. But at the same time, it's like, I think we all went in expecting a little too much. I think we all went in saying, it's been 33 years, this is going to be amazing. And we saw the cast. And we saw everything that was leading up to it. Yeah. And we all hyped ourselves out of things. And that happens a lot. Like yeah. people I've, hype I, themselves out of a I lot of things. I think generally I'll, I'll look at these movies, like the 20-year-old the sequels and be like, okay, this is going to suck, whatever. Let's just accept it. Maybe yeah. I was thinking of Dolomite and I was like, Eddie Murphy's still hitting. Like we're still yeah. getting good movies and I was excited. And I was also, I just watched the original the night before. So then I know I love that movie. Um, what I will say that about two is that it does end on a fun, it's fun. It, it just turns it into a fun, fun movie. Yeah. Um, I think that I need to look past some of the jokes and just accept them for what they are. And then I would yeah. probably lighten up on this movie a lot because I, in reality, like, I mean, you heard me talk about it already. I don't need to keep beating the same dead horse. It's yep. just, it was a few jokes. It was a few jokes that did it for me, but those few jokes were so bad that I, I was yeah. just, yeah. And then, I mean, there were a few things where it was like, okay, understandably, those are thrown in, like, the kind of, I'm old now, I get it, jokes where it was like, yeah. are my princely robes not on fleek? And then it's like, father, being on fleek is no more. And I was like, and then the, the that's call another out, like, the, the other on the, like fleek. Oh, the call out of like the um 
we know all sequels are bad and it's like every look every that sequel does not have yeah. to be self-aware we get it we, I'm we glad you brought that, that up because I was trying not to be negative, but then I remembered yeah. that that's one of the things that made me the most <laughs> Okay, but one of the funniest lines I will say in the movie that like had me dying was, <laughs> like, they're having an exchange about finding a son, and they're like, how much child support you owe? And he's like, none. And then he's like, no <laughs> child support for 30 years and you came back? <laughs> you a dummy. <laughs> that is so good. See, there are a lot of funny lines. Um... Jar Jar Binks looking ass got me so good. Yeah. See, that's there there are a lot of really funny things. So my hope for people is if you watch this movie, um just just yeah. go in knowing that there are gonna be a few things that are gonna make you groan. Um hopefully I watch this movie again and I go in and I guarantee you I'm gonna like it a lot more because when I when yeah. I think about like Tracy Morgan's character, it's really funny. Um, Leslie Jones' character, absolutely hilarious. And then the people are funny in their own roles, uh, reprised. Yeah. So I think everyone who's new to the cast, too, is incredible. Like, yes, I'm going to say yeah. Jermaine Fowler came in. He was incredible. All of the daughters did their, they played their role. They, they were incredible. The daughters were fantastic. Yeah. I think, like, everybody did their job. Everyone, were great. all the actors absolutely yeah. did their job. Yes, it's just there were a few things that didn't hit right, and then it kind of took it a different direction. But overall, yeah. like very good movie, like good movie to just enjoy. Yeah, yeah, and also like you know, obviously Jermaine Fowler was kind of the star of this. This was kind of his movie, one of yeah. his big movies, and let's let's just you know give him the credit for it he he did great um it was fantastic Sorry also, to he you. looked he looked was well no i, I know but i'm saying like, I'm, no i know i'm just this saying was like a big probably deal for him oh for sure i'm saying yeah. like alone this isn't his like big right. movie though yeah. like that yeah. movie i don't know why more people haven't seen it i think just the absurdity factor i'm not going to say anything but like that movie is crazy good. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it and you want more of Jermaine Fowler after watching this movie, Sorry to Bother You is the next step. Yep. Uh, I just wanted to point out, though, that Jermaine Fowler looked so damn fresh the whole movie. Like, all of oh, his outfits yeah. were so sick. And I mean, especially when he gets Tracy Morgan pipping him out, too, with the walk. He has the cane yeah. gun and everything. Okay. <laughs> I think my favorite line overall, and then we can go into more overarching stuff, um, if you want to talk about it a little more, but I think my overall no, no, I, I think I'm, I think I'm okay talking about it. Overall favorite line was from Tracy Morgan, and he's like, "Benson, you got some crab cakes, man. I need some protein." And it was just the classic Tracy Morgan line. That, that is needs, super funny. I just love. I think Tracy Morgan can do no wrong. He is one of the funniest oh, human yeah. beings on the face of the earth. Yeah, I love Tracy Morgan so much. Um, no, yeah, I, I don't think I have much more to say about it. Literally, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I I probably was a little too too hot turned coming out leaf. about it. Maybe we'll, we'll see. We'll see. You turned uh, halfway over. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know what you guys thought about it, and also be on the lookout. We are going to be doing a March Madness bracket. I think on our Instagram stories. So we're going to have you guys all vote for movies and we're going to take your account. Uh, we're going to take your votes into account 
And then on our next episode, we're going to take a look at what you guys voted. And then we are actually going to do our own bracket. We're going to we're going to override some decisions. Maybe we'll see. Um, but we'll do <laughs> hey, our we, own. We want your input, but we're, we're the final decide. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, well, we'll talk about like we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, give no, the we'll sure. give what the what the audience thought. So. Uh, be on the lookout for those Instagram stories. They'll probably start today or Wednesday, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll we'll be on the lookout for those. Um, and please, on social and everything, uh, follow us. Keep liking our stuff uh, on on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Like, rate, subscribe. Um, mm-hmm. Do all that good stuff for us. YouTube, like, comment. Uh, Keep up that engagement. Most of all, tell your friends about it if you really enjoy this podcast. Uh, we think that that's probably one of the best ways to keep growing. So uh, we would really appreciate if you did it. Yeah. Very, very appreciative if, for anything and everything in that list. All that, that might be a long <laughs> list, just, but you know, and just if, you know if at this point here. what to do. Yeah. If you're here if right you're now, here listening, thank very you. appreciative. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I guess we'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do you, the regular look, sign off. Hey, so you you usually do that. So uh, I didn't that. really know where I was going. That, <laughs> I could tell you yeah. were lost. <laughs> I didn't know this. Those are uncharted territory. Un- uncharted me. waters. All right. So we are going to be doing that March Madness episode next week. Please be voting on those Instagram stories. Help us out. Maybe we'll do something else with it too. But uh, just be sure to look out for our social because that's where we'll be doing it. Until then, I'm Kevin. I'm Winnie. We'll see you at the next episode. Go get some lion whiskers.